Hey friends, welcome back to the journal feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place where you can get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine, where we try to make keeping up on the literature as easy as possible. Now let's take a quick look ahead at everything that we're going to be covering from this past week. First off, will that be one dose or two of dexamethasone for children, I mean? Second, cash money or just cash 75, a pneumonia predictor tool. Third, a quick how-to guide to prescribing Paxlovid. Fourth, you know the SOFA score and the QSOFA score, but do you know the pediatric PSOFA? And how well does it do to predict mortality in the pediatric emergency department? And then finally, hypotension. It's not just for your blood pressure, it can also be for your brain, as it turns out. Now, if you're hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber and so are not receiving the full Journal Feed podcast. You're only receiving a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, I picked the best ones for you. But if you'd like to get full access to the podcast and the blog, then you'll have to become a member. All the details for that are at journalfeed.org. And remember, if you have any trouble affording a subscription, then please let us know and we'll help you out. This is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by the proud Michael Frayne, Rebecca Breed, and Clay Smith. Now, here's the first article titled, Single Dose Dexamethasone is Not Inferior to Two Doses in Mild to Moderate Pediatric Asthma Exacerbations in the Emergency Department out of the Journal of Pediatric Emergency Care. The standard treatment of pediatric asthma exacerbations includes steroids if severe enough, dexamethasone specifically, and it's usually given in two doses. These dosing regimes often come up essentially by chance. One dose instead of two would be cheaper, it would save some time for patients, you know, going to the pharmacy, and I mean, it would pretty much ensure 100% compliance because we would be giving that one dose in the emergency department. So how about it? How about just one dose instead of two doses? This was a single-center prospective unblinded RCT in an emergency department targeting patients aged 2 to 20 years old with a previous diagnosis of asthma and presenting with mild to moderate exacerbations based on the pediatric asthma score. Now, they randomized 116 patients to each group, with one group getting a single dose of 0.6 mg per kg of dexamethasone, and the other group getting the same first dose, and then a prescription for a second dose to be taken 24 hours later at home. The primary outcome was return visits to a doctor due to persistent symptoms, and there was not a significant difference between the two groups. It was 12% versus 10% return rates. There was also no significant difference in missed school days, days of symptoms, or adverse events. That sounds pretty positive. This data was largely collected by telephone follow-up, so that's a source of bias. Also, there was no placebo in the single-dose arm. All in all, it's a pretty good study, though, and you could consider a single-dose regime in mild to moderate pediatric asthma exacerbations. The real question, though, is how much harm is two doses really doing, and is it worth switching over to one but if it's all the same, then I don't see why not. In a spoonful, single-dose dexamethasone for pediatric asthma exacerbations performed as well as the standard two-dose regime. Okay, let's jump over to the third article. This is actually not just one article. This is a few articles, and there's links on the blog, that were put together by our very own Megan Breed to help you know what to do with Paxlovid. Now, knowing something about Paxlovid is going to be, well, important in your near future, probably. 
Because if it hasn't already entered into something that you have to deal with on a daily basis, then it very well could, because this is a medication that can be offered to COVID-positive patients who are well enough to go home, but have risk factors, and, well, we'd like them not to get any sicker. Uh, They're going to be taking it home, so that means it's a PO medication, which is just nice. Now, what is it exactly? This is a drug made by Pfizer, and it's made of two parts. Nilmatrelvir, which is what actually targets COVID, and ritonavir, which is an enzyme inhibitor to prevent nilmatrelvir from being metabolized too quickly and thus making it more effective by raising the drug levels. Now, data from Pfizer shows that Paxlovid can significantly reduce rates of severe disease from developing after patients have been sent home, and it causes less deaths in these high-risk patients. There's even data against different variants, which has been quite promising. All these studies have been done on unvaccinated patients, though. So if your patient has had their shots, uh, we're not quite sure of the benefit. Now, if you practice in the United States, then Paxlovid can be prescribed thanks to an emergency use authorization, which applies to patients over 12 years old and weighing more than 40 kilograms. They have to be positive for COVID with mild to moderate disease and have some risk factors for developing more severe disease exactly what all those risk factors are. There's actually quite a long list, and so I'm not going to go through it, but the CDC website summarizes it quite well, and you can check it out there on Shift. Now, once you've cross-referenced whether or not your patient is indeed high risk, then you'll have to consider what other medications they're actually taking. As I said, ritonavir is designed to increase drug levels, and this could affect your patient's other medications as well. And this is going to be any medication that is metabolized by the CYP3A4 metabolism pathway, which can include anticoagulants, anticonvulsants, corticosteroids, amiodarone, colchicine, sildenafil, midazolam, and many more. I'd recommend speaking with your pharmacist if you can. The last point is that dosing needs to be adjusted if the patient has significant renal impairment. So, you know, just be maybe on the safe side and order creatinine. It's not strictly necessary if you think the patient doesn't have any risk factors for that, but it could avoid any hiccups in filling that prescription. In a spoonful, this was our summary on Paxlovid, so you can be a little bit more prepared for when it comes to a formulary near you. All right, let's do a recap. And I like the recap because it really just hammers home like what points that you could take away from this week. And it's pretty much the third time I say them. So hopefully it starts to sink in. Now, from the first article, keep it simple. One dose is easier than two. And just as effective, apparently, in this unblinded RCT comparing one dose to two doses of dexamethasone for pediatric asthma exacerbations. From the third article, we reviewed all the major points about what you need to know about Paxlovid. Namely, that it's an oral drug that you can send your high-risk COVID patients home on. And you might need to read the inclusion criteria for who exactly is high-risk, probably every time because it's a long list. Then you'll have to be careful about what other medication your patient is taking, since there could be significant interactions. And that's it. That's all for this week, friends. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org, where you can also find the newsletter, which is the best way to get, you know, kind of a double dose of all this information to best remember it. Now, if you're feeling some FOMO, you feel like you'd want to hear more or read more, 250% more, then come over and you can join us over at the members feed. Our goal here is to provide better patient care through spoon feeding, and so we're trying to help you keep up with the latest research, one spoonful at a time. Thank you.